But um, one of the things that we talked about last week is the fact that Jesus defeated death. That death was defeated by him. Amen. That he, he, he defeated death in such a way that we don't have to worry about death. Amen. Now, I know it's, it's easy to say that. You know, I, I think about how I feel at times, how, how we have our right minds, how we have the strength, some of us, in our bodies. But it's amazing when that strength is taken from you. I wish I had somebody. It's amazing when uh, vitality and youth has left you. Amen. And you're at this place now where you're, 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 within, you're in a crossroads of asking yourself a question. You know what I mean? Uh, is there anything to live for? Is there still significance in this life? And I want to tell you something. Uh, if you serve God, <laughs> I wish I had somebody. If you really serve God and live for God, I believe that he will give you the desires of your heart if you put your trust in him. Amen. And so, you know, in this journey, we are going to face many oppositions. Amen. Anybody here been facing any oppositions spiritually? Amen. Amen. Demonic uh, activities. Uh, I, I sent out a prayer request today uh, for all the pastors, and I, I put on there, I pray that, that you will not be hindered by demonic activities. You know, Satan works very subtly. And what Satan wants you and I to be convinced of, here's what he wants us to be convinced of, that he's not real. Amen. That, that this it happens to be logic or it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's just circumstances. But I want to tell somebody here this morning, I want to tell you something. It's not just circumstances. Amen. The Bible says we battle against not flesh and blood, but against what? Powers, against principalities, against spiritual wickedness of darkness of forces in heavenly places. But he says we have the victory. And the only reason that we are victorious in the battle, see the problem with us is this, we don't know how to go through the battle. Amen. We we, what happens to us is either we cave in or we're fighting with the wrong weapons. Amen. He says our weapons are not carnal. And what Satan does is that he launches his attack. He launches his, amen, his, his assault on us as believers. But what we have to remind ourselves of constantly, you remember this, that Jesus defeated Satan. And that's good enough for me, amen? That's shouting time right there, that the fact that he defeated him means that we are no longer victims, but this is why James says, consider it all joy. I always read that scripture and ask myself, why does he keep saying that? Let me tell you what was happening then. Nero, A.D. 64, Nero wanted to rebuild Rome. He wanted a new Rome. And so what did he do? He burnt down Rome. Now, you've got to understand the ramifications of this. Rome was the center of the world. It was the centerpiece of the world. 
at that particular time and to burn it down to the ground and then blame the Christians. See, Christianity, listen, when you look at church history, right, Christians have always been persecuted. Amen. We're just persecuted now in a more sophisticated way. <laughs> Back then it was barbaric. You know, they would run into the church and kill everybody. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think they still do a few of that. Some of it. You know, matter of fact, I just read uh, the other day in it, ISIS is killing more and more Christians. You know, we may not be affected by it, but, but there are brothers and sisters in Christ. But here's the thing. As Nero burns down Rome, watch this, they're scattered. Christians are scattered around the world. And then this is what James says. James says, hey, you know what I know? First of all, I know this. Now, this is his presupposition. Here's his presupposition. His presupposition is this. I know Jesus defeated death. I know that I am victorious in Christ Jesus. I know that greater is he that is in me than he, oh, I wish I had somebody, than he that's in the world. I know that I'm more, come on somebody, more than a conqueror, what? In Christ Jesus. I know these things, and he's writing from this perspective, from this point of view, he says, consider it all joy. Now, how can I even think like a leader while I'm going through trials? He says, because you already know what Jesus has what? Done. Saints, you're not in this life alone. And as a believer coming through the womb of Jesus, you are what I call born again. Oh, it's a boy, I'm, boy, I'm a shot by myself in the rain. Amen. Listen, we are what? Born again. See, when it's in you, it's going to come out. Don't need a manual. <laughs> Don't need a book when it's in you, when the word is in you. I wish I had somebody. And so that's what James was. James was saying, listen, consider it all joy when you encounter what? Various trials. But the key word that he used, he says, knowing this. My question is, he says, knowing what? What do I know? Here's what I know. Knowing that the testing of your faith. Listen, I want to say to somebody here today, let me tell you something. It may be demonic, but it cannot destroy you. Come on, somebody. It may be demonic, but it will not be detrimental to you. It's a test. And that's what it is. And that's what we have to remind ourselves. And that's why when you make Jesus Lord of your life, Lord of your life, not things, not people, not circumstances, but when you make Jesus Lord, you have the one that conquered death. Why would I worry when I serve the one who defeated death? Are you with me? Is that powerful? I think that's powerful. Amen. Go, go, to, go back to this Hebrew, Hebrews chapter 4. Amen. That's my introduction. <laughs> 
Hebrews chapter 4, if you would. And let's look at this for a second. Verse 14. I know you wanted to see it. I got you. Amen. You know, you know what Hebrews chapter 4 talks about? It's talking about the believer's rest. I'm talking to somebody. Amen. Listen. If we learn to relax and rest in the Lord, the faith rest technique, resting in the Lord means that you have full confidence that he's got you. That's what Hebrews 4 is talking about. The believer's rest. Look at verse 1. It says, therefore, let us what? Fear if while a promise remains what? Of entering his rest, any one of you may seem to have what? Come short of it. He says, for indeed we have the good, now watch this now, we have the good news preached to us just as they also, but the word they heard did not what? Let me ask you a question. Are you profiting from the word? Listen, when you come into the presence of God, what, what are you doing? <laughs> are you getting it? See, what he was talking about was how the Israelites heard the word but they did not profit from it. Why didn't they profit from it? Let's look at it. The text says, look what the text says. The text says, because it was not united by what? Faith. Listen, you're sitting here and you come here every week. It's 9.05, you come Sunday, you come Tuesday. Let me say this. If your life is not getting better, it means that you're not uniting what you hear with faith. Whatever you hear from the word of God and then applied to your life by faith will profit you. But he says they did not profit from it because it was not united with what? By faith in those who what? Heard. Verse 3. For we who have what? Believed. What? Entered that what? Rest. Just as he has said. Now, now let me say this. When we heard the word and we believed, we entered into that rest. So therefore, every word that I hear from God now, it profits me. Because we united it with faith. Listen, don't allow your faith to be weakened. Your faith is strengthened by what you hear and then by what? Applying it. I, I read that yesterday and I was so, I was floored. I'm like, wow. They heard the word, verse 2. They had the good news preached to them. If indeed we have had the good news preached to us, just as they also, but the word they heard did not 
profit them. That's the first time you see a person heard a sermon didn't get nothing from it. Not the first time, but you know. It shows that you can hear the word and get nothing out of it. You could just be sitting here every week going through the motions because you're not receiving it, watch this, with faith. Because that's what the whole book of Hebrews is really all about. When you get to chapter 11, he starts talking about the hall of faith. And the hall of faith shows that every great patriarch in the Bible was more than a conqueror only because of their what? Faith. And saints, I want to tell you something. Even when it looks bad, you got to remind yourself, I need the faith along with the word and the word along with faith. And then when I hear the word, I apply it by faith so that I can be transformed. Is that powerful? Watch verse 14. Somebody read that for me. <clears throat> this is why I say to you that Jesus overcame Satan. Hallelujah. Back up to verse 12. Now, when he says this, when he says we're not profiting from the word, right? And the word must be received by what? By faith. Look at verse 12. Ah. It's what? <laughs> and spirit and is able to judge the thoughts a joints and marrow and is able to judge both the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. Watch this. The word of God is good for the material, the non-material, and the psychological. You need, you, need, you need help in this life? You're depressed? You're going through? Get a word. See, the word united with what? Faith. That, that, that really stood out to me. Because I've been in situations, I've been in services, and I've been in conferences where I heard, but I did not profit from it because I did not unite it with faith. But watch this. But it was the very word that you just spoke about in verse 12. It's living. Woo, come on, somebody. It's active. Shh, listen, if you got b b pain in your body, speak a word. Listen to the word. Let the word start sounding down inside of you. And you will see something miraculous begin to happen in your life. Amen. The word is powerful. And the word is where we go to so we can find comfort in times of weaknesses. But Jesus has defeated Satan. And what we can't do is give him too much of our time. Amen. We give Satan too much credit. Hallelujah to his holy name. Watch the text. Watch the text. Verse, verse 14 says, Therefore then, that's Jesus. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold 
Let us hold fast our confession. Uh-huh. Verse 15. Uh-huh. Without what? Hello, somebody. Hello. Jesus. The text says we have a high priest. Now, what is the deal about the high priest? What was the, what was the high priest's job? Huh? He was a mediator, propitiation. He would go in before God, but here's the thing. He was flawed himself. Amen. So they would tie a, a rope around his leg. And when he went into the holies of holies to make intercession, see, before when you sin, this is why the Catholic Church got it all wrong. See, they're still operating in the Old Testament dispensation, right? You know, with the Pope, they say the Pope is infallible. <laughs> Pope got issues. Amen. Pastor got issues. Yeah, wish you had somebody. You see, that's, that's where the problem, that's how we became Protestant. Amen. Why did we become Protestant? Because Martin Luther figured out, hey man, hold on. The Pope doesn't have it all together. And so when the high priest went into the presence of God, he went in to make propitiation and, 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 and confession of our sins to pay the price. But if he wasn't right, <laughs> see, he was a temporary representation of Jesus. That's all God was trying to show us, that you're going to need an intercessor, a mediator. So as he goes into the presence of God, if he wasn't right, he would drop dead in the presence of God. And guess what they would do? They would pull him out and they'll say, next up. <laughs> and, and listen, and, and let me tell you what, what this was all about. It wasn't just, Lord, forgive me of my sins. They had to be uh, uh, not just spiritually, but ritually, hands you feel what I'm saying? Clothing. Everything about them had to be holy. So, so, so what was the reason for that? God was showing us in that the seriousness of his holiness. Hallelujah to his holy name. That when you come into the church, yeah, I know we may have to set it up. <laughs> Amen. I, I understand that. But wherever we have chosen to put, we could put it under the tree. <laughs> if we say this is our designated area to worship, <laughs> amen. Guess what? That's where we have set apart as what? Holy ground. And so what he's saying is we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our what? Weaknesses. Being Jesus, watch this, but one who has been tempted in what things? As what? No, 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 no. As what? As we are. What does that mean for me? That I, we serve a God that knows all about our weaknesses. Christ knows 
everything about where we are right now today. He knows. He knows what you're struggling with this morning. I wish I had somebody. Jesus knows what you are struggling with today. And guess what? The difference between Jesus and the devil, Jesus can do something about it. Hallelujah. He knows when you get weak. He knows when you are are in the balance and you're getting ready to fall apart. He knows when you doubt. He he knows when you're trying to say, you know what, forget all this church stuff. Listen, he knows all about these things because he has experienced them himself. Experience is the best teacher, but we have one who knows exactly how we feel. Here's the thing. I cannot identify with what you're going through truly if I don't know how you feel, if I've never been there. Are you with me? I've never been, I had never been sick before until I had the heart attack and I can identify now with people who are sick. I know what they feel and watch this. I know that it takes a lot of faith in times like that. I know what it's like to have a rough marriage. I wish I had somebody because I've been married 18 years. Amen. I know what it's like, amen, to doubt. I know what it's like, but Jesus now knows everything. Every, look at the text. The text says, he says, but the one who has been tempted in all things, watch this, he says, he sympathizes with our weaknesses but the one who, who what, has been tempted in all things as we are, yet what? Without what? Without sin. So Jesus, not only did he defeat Satan, but he defeated every temptation and every weakness that there was in the fallen nature of man. He knows your weakness today. He knows you. That's why God does not give up on us. That's why Jesus always stands with us. Listen, sometimes, you remember from the movie, Inakiko? <laughs> Amen. Listen, the priest asked the question, God, how can you love a wretch like him? First of all, how could you love Judas? How could you walk with Judas and give him the Lord's Supper? He walked with him for three years. How could you walk with a man like that and still love Judas? Oh, I wish I had somebody. You know what that helps us with? That helps us to understand the grace of God. Jesus does not condemn us people do but in my weaknesses he understands listen he understands but that doesn't give me an excuse to continue in it he has given me watch this he knows what it feels like so therefore watch this because I know him and because I've received him as my lord I have now the power to overcome these weaknesses amen And that's the beauty about Jesus defeating Satan and our weaknesses. Look what the text goes on to say. It says, therefore, 
And remember, whenever you see a therefore, you ask, what is it therefore? The therefore brings you to the context because we have a high priest who has defeated all weaknesses. And watch this. And notice what it says. It says he was tempted in weaknesses. And yet he did not what? Sin. Now, is that a beauty? Is that beautiful? That's a beautiful picture. Because Jesus was sinless in nature, he could defeat death. And he could defeat Satan. But look what he says, therefore, because I know this now. Saints, you got you to try something with me today. You got to try something with me today. You got to try something for me today. Because I got this sense today that some of us are on the fence. Really, I believe that some of us, when it's good, we're good. But when it gets tough, we get on the fence. We start wavering. But these are the things, like I told you last week, don't you get intimidated by death, disease, and, you know, cataracts, and uh, whatever it is that's ailing your bodies. Because we know that if we transition from here, we're going somewhere what? Better. But not only that, but today, if you're dealing with the everyday temptation and, and trials and all these things, you hope yourself. Notice I didn't say help yourself. I said hope yourself. Here's how you hope yourself. Verse 16. Therefore, let us Hallelujah to his holy name. Let us what? Let us draw. Can I just say something? Two things I want to say about this. Our prayers are too weak. They're weak. Just weak. We're being tempted, but we approach God like, this is, this, Lord, if you can. Lord, if you, if you want to. I know you're not going to answer anyways, but Lord, you know what I mean? Lord, you know, touch my situation. Change my child's heart, Lord. Just in case you want to do it. He says, I know Jesus sits at the right hand of God. And he says, I know exactly what you're going through. Listen, there's nothing that you're dealing with right now that I have not been through. So therefore... Because I came and died for all of that, you ought to come before me. Not with little faith, but with great faith. He says, therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the what? To the throne of grace. 
so that we may receive what? Mercy and find what? Grace to what? Help in the time of need. Now, here's the flip side, the second part to what I just said about our prayer. Here's the second thing we do in the midst of being tempted and tried. We draw back. We shrink back in the backdrop. We find fault with the kingdom of God. Listen, if you're looking for a perfect church, this ain't it. And you'll never find one. Because we are all jacked up in here, including me. So there you're going to be on a search forever. But what happens to us is we do not draw near, we draw back. We retreat. Is that how you fight? You look tough. <laughs> but when you get some blowback from the devil, guess what you do? You run. Shoot, I ain't fooling with that. Man. <laughs> We run. He says, therefore, because we have a high priest, hallelujah, who was brought through the, 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 the wilderness for 40 days and he defeated Satan, which I went over a week ago. And listen, and he defeated death. He defeated the devil. He defeated death. And now he's defeated your demise. You better write that down. He sure has because he knows what Satan is trying to do. And he says, when you fall into that situation, you draw near to him. Know what the throne of grace means? You know what this passage is telling us? That in the midst of your temptation, come before God and you can draw close to him to the throne of grace. Your prayers are being heard in heaven. With confidence. Stop praying. Can I say it? Can I say it? Stop praying like a coward. Cowardly prayers. When we stand here to pray today, we're going to pray. Remove cancer, Lord. Amen. Remove my doubt, Lord. Change my children. Change my wife. Change my job situation. Change those around me. Save God because you can save. So we come confidently before you because you're Lord. That's how we come before God. With confidence. Knowing this. That he has been through everything that I've gone that I'm going through. And if nobody understands, you ever feel that way sometimes? Where well, you just can't talk to nobody because nobody really understands where you are. He says, God knows. And because God knows, I shouldn't draw back. I shouldn't be a coward when I come into his presence. I'm going to come to the front and I'm going to say, Lord, here I am. Take it, Lord. Take my circumstance. Because you have been through what I've been through. 
And you know exactly how I feel this morning. And yes, it may be tough right now. And yeah, or maybe things are just so peachy in your life. But your praise is not there. Because when it gets good, it's harder to lift your hands. Listen, God is a good God, y'all. And he can bring us through anything that we face because he knows. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap.